1: Good morning. God bless. Good morning, Gary. How are you? How are you guys? Oh, what a day. Oh, man. I don't know why I felt like this song this morning. I, uh, let
2: me turn this
1: down. Oh, that was loud. Oh, now it's Eye of the Tiger. I didn't mean to switch the song, but oh well. So, how's everyone doing this morning? Oh man, what a day. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Carrie. Good to see you guys. Good to see all of you. Today is uh, Tuesday, November 14th. This is Morning Gratitude with the Mayor, live from my home office. Good morning, Michelle. How are you? Good morning, everybody. This is Morning Gratitude with the Mayor coming to you live from downtown San Diego. Today I have a very special guest, just an amazing, amazing human, amazing soul. Um, I'm just so happy. I'm actually waiting to see her come up here and join the show so I can add her in. But I have a reading for you guys that I want to share. i got to share this to her right now to make sure that she has. Okay, she has. Okay, perfect. Good. She has the link. Good to see you guys. So I read something today. I'm going to read real quick what I had in my devotional today. And this is um, something I really, really love today. It's from a devotional called Live, Love, and Lead. Do you wish your life felt as comfortable as your favorite clothes? That your life expressed the alignment of who you are, who you are with, wait, <laughs> the alignment of who you are with who God made you to be? I'm convinced that we all long for this kind of life living in our unique place of grace. Perhaps you feel overwhelmed by life. The Bible is full of characters who felt out of their depth and inadequate for the task placed before them. To be honest, I can't think of a time when I haven't been living outside of my depth. Life is certainly full of overwhelming moments, especially if you want to do something worthwhile and live with a sense of purpose. Yet it is easy to be distracted by your insecurities, trying to live up to other people's expectations, And putting pressure on yourself to be someone that you are not. Do you recognize your strengths? Are you consistently overlooking the very things, talents, gifts, and attributes that God intends you to use? Who does God say you are? And what has he called you to do? The key to living a life of purpose is being able to answer these questions. We can find clues in the Bible about how to live life of purpose within comfort of our unique grace. In almost every letter the Apostle Paul wrote, he begins by introducing himself with in the context of grace. Paul clearly had confidence in who he was and what he did, despite his past. He was comfortable with his calling regardless of the challenges he faced. And he was comfortable with the way God uniquely dispensed grace in his life. In 2 Corinthians ten twelve, Paul says, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who command themselves.
0: But they, measuring
1: themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. Just like Paul, you must be comfortable living with gracious limits that Christ has bestowed upon you in order to move into God's purpose for your life. Make the decision to embrace your unique grace and shake off the limitations of living up to others' expectations. Then you'll be comfortable with your life in a way that feels like putting on your favorite clothes. Lord, I ask for strength to move past the restrictions that I or other people have put on me. Show me how to live a big life with wisdom to find my unique place of grace to live free. Amen. All right. Good morning, guys. I um, it's so good to see you. Thank you for doing this. I love this devotional. I love anything that I, I think I shared with you guys last time. That I went, I got the privilege of seeing T.D. Jakes. Um, I highly recommend this book. I'm sorry about the reflection. It's really, really bright. But the book is called Soar um, by T.D. Jakes. It's absolutely incredible. So many people reach out to me um, and ask, like, all the time. Like, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my calling is. And so it's really, really challenging to have that blueprint. But the one thing that you can do, and I ask this, and I really love helping people work through this, but it's really not that complicated. And, and again, I'm going to give you a brief explanation of what that is, but you can ask yourself these questions. What is the one thing that you think of that when you think of it, it just brings you to a boiling rage. Like it makes you fighting mad that it's just, and it could be an injustice. It could be discrimination. It could be racism. It could be poverty. It could be homelessness. It could be, um, you know, the AIDS crisis. It could be the opiate crisis. It could be any of this stuff. Um, for me, there's several things that I'm very, very passionate about. I'm very passionate about the HIV and AIDS epidemic. I'm very passionate about homelessness. I'm very, very, very passionate about addiction, um, and of course, abuse like sexually and physically abused kids, even women, even men. I, I, it's something that, to me, when I think about those things, it makes me fighting mad. Um, and obviously I have a personal story. Some of you guys know it, some of you don't. i am seen that a lot of you are new here. Wow, I can't believe there's this many people watching. This is amazing, God bless. I don't know where my guest is. I sent her the link, but she's not here, so I'm just going to go with this anyway. So good morning, Michelle. Um, good morning, Roman. The sauce, everybody, the sauce is here. Good to see you, my man. Good to see you, Toby. Um, but the other flip side of that is, what is the thing that you think about when you're, when, it could be right now, it could be your, as a child, that when you think about it, it brings you the most joy, uh, that makes you happy, like no matter how bad you feel, and you can feel like crap, and you can be, you can be out of your mind, uh, you know, but then the subject comes up, and then you wake up inspired, and you're happy and joyous, believe it or not, your passion and your purpose lies somewhere in the balance there. And, of course, there's a lot more to this and a lot more that um, – where is Jennifer? I'm trying to log in. That's my guest, ladies and gentlemen, the lovely – here, let me send you another link. Here, I'm going to send you this. Um, click that link. Oh, there she is. She's here, everybody. So, listen, seeing your kids – Toby says, seeing your kids' bright faces, uh, my kids' bright faces, that is something to bring you joy. They're absolutely, that's right, the sauce is in the house, everybody. Um, Okay, so my guest is here, and I'm going to do a quick intro for her. Um, This is one of my most amazing people in the world. And look, if you guys ever want to discuss your purpose and talk about this, I'm more than happy to work with you and talk with you. So my guest was born and raised in Flint, Michigan. Wow, so I wonder what she has to say about the... uh, The Water Crisis. She graduated from Northern Michigan University with a major in justice studies and minoring in psychology in 1998. She worked as a legal assistant for several years. She is married to an awesome guy for 18 years and counting. I haven't even had friends for 18 years. I don't know how the heck you stay married that long. Feel free to add Andrew Peterson on Facebook. She is a mother of two really neat kids. Yes, they are awesome. They're 14 and 12. Thomas has special needs, but his superpowers are online gaming and voice impressions. Natalie specializes in everything Harry Potter and canines. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I incorporated Peterson transcription, Peterson transcription and Editing Services, LLC, in 2013. While running a successful business and household, that's impressive in itself. I also She also volunteers her time on a state oversight committee, Overseeing the budget for the parent training initiative for special education, which also happens to fund additional efforts due to special education efforts because of the Flint water crisis—unbelievable! And Zachary Quinto had a hand start in starting her business. Ladies and gentlemen, with that said, please welcome everybody—the lovely Jennifer Blakesley Peterson. Oh my gosh! Everybody, say hello, Jennifer. Good
2: morning. Can you hear How me? How are you? Great. Great.
1: Welcome to Morning Gratitude with the Mayor. How are you? You already said you're great.
2: (laughs) I'm humble. Are you able to hear me?
1: I hear you great. You sound great. How do I sound? Wonderful. Wonderful. It's good to see you. But the first thing that we do before anything else is we want to know, the audience wants to know, what is Jennifer grateful for?
2: Today I'm grateful for, obviously, my family. Um, My awesome husband, Andrew, um, my kids. um, We live in a beautiful small town called Big Rapids, Michigan. It's right just above center and towards your ring finger. Let's see. Right or about there. Now, we also have, we are the home of Ferris State University. And we live about five miles out, and so we're in the country, actually. And there is a large Amish population, so we get to see so many different cultures, um, both locally, internationally, and it's beautiful. Um, I love the interaction and the difference of viewpoints that living in this town brings. Um, I am grateful for my husband's job at Ferris. And I'm also grateful for the opportunity to work from home with my business as well.
1: Awesome. That is amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. The, I've been to a few Amish festivals. That is a, um, it's an interesting culture, but like all cultures that are different than ours. They, like we don't, it's so funny. Like we don't really, we have to make a choice. Do we want to understand our differences or do we want to embrace them? And I've always been on the side of embracing our differences. I've always been drawn to people that look differently than me and not the same because it's amazing what you learn. And I've been so blessed. I I thank my parents for that. Like installing in that means that you treat everybody the same based on their heart, not, not what they look like, not what they believe in. And so my mother, especially for installing that in me is like the greatest blessing. So I, I, I commend you on that. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, so first things first, we're going to get into the questions, if you don't know. um, So what currently leads to most of your happiness and fulfillment?
2: It takes motivation to breed motivation. I have to take that first step to get whatever it is that I want done for the day. I know it's on me, but once I start getting those wheels into motion – that's when the happiness comes. Um, just sitting there, spinning my wheels, it's not going to come. The happiness comes from effort.
1: I love that. Wow, that was short and sweet. <laughs> I'll give you 20 minutes on that answer. <laughs> so what concern or problem do you feel most compelled to solve?
2: Right now, um Basically, in light of the entire lid blown off with the Harvey Weinstein scandal, the societal change that this is bringing, I believe, um, I think the whole just the way that men and women interact historically and then bringing that into question now I see so much potential for positive change. Um, and I'm not going to go into it's just a guy thing. It's not. It's both genders. Um, I think it originates in how we decide to let things out of our head. Um, it goes back to how we consider and how we want to act toward somebody that, to whom we're attracted. Um, I, it reframes the entire social interaction of our culture. And I'm excited to see what may come of it. Um, I'm saddened by seeing a lot of people whom I respect be called into question. Um, I'm not naming names obviously they're in the news you can probably guess who they are but um to see somebody so successful fall from grace in that manner yeah they're held to a higher standard I believe because they're in the public eye however it's there are going to be things that I need to teach both of my children that comes from this as history is being made um I see the thing that really gets me is that even though a lot of the, the focus has been on how women have been treated, I don't think we get a free pass either. Um, It has come to my attention that in interacting online, there were, I'm not naming names. um, There are at least two or three individuals that, um, they participated and said, hashtag me too. Yet they go around and say, they're not shy about what they want to do to certain men. And I I call that out completely. That is what, that fires me up because that's not right either.
1: One of the things that I remember... And I, I don't, I, I, am very public about my life and mm-hmm. the things that I've experienced. But I remember when my mother got the courage to leave my dad. In yeah. right, she should have left years ago, but she stayed in the home to try to make it work because she thought that that was the right thing to do. Right. And I remember when she finally got the courage to leave and stand on her own. My father looked at my mom and said, "You'll never be anything without me." Mm-hmm. Now. My mom, I, I'm a mama's boy, um, but, I, but I also want to say that my mother and my grandmother are the biggest influences in my life because they personified strength. When My mom had the courage to leave, and she proceeded to say, all right, you say that. My mom has been one of the most successful realtors in Oklahoma history ever since the day that my father said that to her. Yep. There's a lesson that the subject came up last night. In fact, I'm going to do um, just the message show later today, or tonight, and we're going to discuss this, but I think that for women especially, they have been told that this is your role in the house. This is what you do. You're a homemaker. You
0: stay home, and you raise the kids, and you have dinner on the table at six, and all that other bull crap.
1: I've never... I never really believed in gender. um, What do you call it? Gender specific roles. Like I don't believe in that. Because I think that every one of us are born with something inside of us that, you know, it could be that I'm going to be, you know, you're going to be a president or a CEO, or you're going to, you know, maybe you are going to be a housewife. Maybe that truly is your calling and people, they have that. But I think the minute that we decide and we make the decision that we are not going to live our purpose, whether you're male or female, or you identify as something else, The minute you make that decision, you're living someone else's life and you are setting up a, a, um, a a life of misery for yourself. And you can say, Oh, I'm doing it for the kids and I'm doing it for this. But if you are not true to yourself from day one, you're setting yourself off on a course that is going to take you in directions that you'll never be fulfilled. You're going to look for men or women to fulfill you. And you're going to be an empty vessel. And you're never going to complete what you were called to do. And, Yes, women, obviously the role of a woman, raising not, not raising children, because I believe that you should raise children together, it's a team effort, right. but I mean, if you're living outside of your purpose, it's going to set yourself up for misery, and you're going to set yourself up and put yourself in situations that are bad, and I'm not, and believe it or not, there is a, there is some type of tie in there with what's happening, that's happened in Hollywood, this male dominance of and control has got to go. Like, it's not fun. It's not a good life. It's not inspiring. I cannot wait for women to start roaring and becoming who they are because that's what's inspiring. Like, I'm inspired by that. I'm inspired by women who say, damn it, enough. This is who I'm going to be. So, sorry, I almost went off in a while.
2: That's okay. No. no. (laughs) It's great. It's great. No, it's just, but yeah, this is the type of stuff that has me fired up. I love it. Completely.
1: So, okay. So what would you spend your day doing? What would you spend your time thinking about if you knew you couldn't fail?
2: If I knew I couldn't fail? Um, That's a very good question today. Uh, What would I do? Is this kind of like the the perfect day or is this just...
1: You can go with the perfect day if you want. This is A. This is... This is your time, so you okay. say whatever you want to say. You don't even have to answer my questions. <laughs> you should answer my questions, but you don't have to.
2: Okay. Um, really, if I could not fail, um, I would not get distracted. I Distraction just gets me off kilter. Sometimes it comes from outside, and sometimes it comes from within. And so a set schedule for me is what I prefer. That's what helps me thrive. Um, however, life happens in the unexpected and the unplanned. So it's, I I basically learn how to let it roll off and not sink in too much if it's negative um, versus if it's positive. Add it to the bundle and just go with it. Um, but, yeah, that when I start my day, let's say it's a regular weekday. I'm getting up, getting the kids around for school. When I start off my day with getting in a few tasks that are above and beyond what I normally have time for, that is great momentum. And um, even silly stuff like getting the dishes started or, you know, throwing a load in the washer to do its thing and while I'm doing other productive things around the house worth my work go for it yeah um when i can feel the success of completing a project big or small that gives me more momentum but um yeah and sometimes when those distractions come in those do take priority for example you know let's say one of the kids call and are going to go home sick. Well, that's one of the reasons why I have my job. Is because if I worked outside of the home with the amount that either child takes off from school, I would not be able to fulfill that part of my chosen role um, as a parent. So you just bounce with it, really, but bounce in a productive manner. And when that happens, I very rarely fail.
1: So let me ask you something. Um, I want to know about your charity, but first I want to know what is the funniest thing that has happened to you recently?
2: Oh my gosh. Wow. There's so many. Uh, (laughs) I love, I love a sense of humor. I thrive on that. Um, And I prefer to take things in an offbeat manner. Sometimes to deflect bad stuff, other times to lift people up or help them smile and brighten other people's day. Oh, goodness. Um, There's so many things.
1: (laughs) How about this? I want to hear about your charity because the premise really, one of the things about the show and the reason why I wanted wanted to have you on was to talk about you have an incredible charity that I actually have never heard of. Um, uh, and it's called, wait a second. I wrote this down. Why don't you tell us so I don't start digging for notes and forget it. But no, okay, here it is.
2: Okay, I'm going to pull it up. Called myself. Cure.
1: It's called Cured, correct?
2: Yeah, it is. And so it's, about- um, it's, basically, um, the Cured Foundation is for research toward a cure for eosinophilic diseases. Now, eosinophilic, it's kind of hard, fun to say once you know it, but, um, Eosinophils are a type of white blood cell and um, eosinophilic disease is also what um, my son has and he's stable, but it's in his digestive tract. And what happens is um, these eosinophils react to certain food proteins and it's different with everybody Um, with my son's case. He reacts to so many food proteins that he has a feeding tube to provide enteral nutrition um, based off of amino acids. And that's how he is nourished. Um, My daughter uh, did have a milder form of it when she was younger, but she went into remission and is currently eating regular everyday food. Um, uh, Eosinophilic disease is... Um, you know, there's, it seems like there's genetic components versus environmental influence. And we're trying to find what causes it and how to cure it. Um, Many of, much of the research is done at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. And that is also where my children are seen for management of this condition, um, it, basically, as long as we have the support and the funds for research, more progress can be made. Um, I don't, in in my son's case, I don't know if this will be a lifelong condition or not, because he has had um, a feeding tube since the age of 18 months. And even before then, he was associating food with pain. And oh. so... It was just one of those things where if he was given the option not to eat, he would be fine. And so our, our society's focus on food as a source of happiness, that has really turned it on its head. Uh, just It's an amazing the difference and the influence. Interestingly enough, with my, um, my son... He, because he has such a pure intake of nutrition and not all the chemical crap that's in our food supply, like the rest of us eat, he's healthier. I mean, really, overall, you don't have all the additives. You don't have all the preservatives. This is just basic building blocks that he gets every day. Um, he... um. With a lot of the children that are newly diagnosed, it really depends on age. There are adults that are diagnosed with eosinophilic disease. Um, A lot of times it's written off as simply reflux or food allergies. But um, the ways that eosinophilic disease manifests, it's a bit different. It could feel like food is getting stuck when you try to swallow it. Um, uh, Upper and lower GI distress... It can, it can be across the board in terms of symptoms um, and also certain trends depending on how old the patient is. Um, diagnosis is done through a, um, upper endoscopy with taking biopsies out of the, um, the digestive tract um, and up and, I think, through the small intestine. Um, Those are done on a semi-annual basis, depending on if you're doing food trials to see if you're, you can have a certain food again, or if it's going to set off your system. Um, You can have these procedures less frequently, like on an annual basis for um, my son. So we just go down to Cincinnati every summer thereabouts, and we see our doctor again and, you know, as long as he's doing fine, great. Um, let's see. Do you have any questions about that? Or
1: no, it sounds freaking miserable because I love food, and I—I I mean, I just had tacos for breakfast. So I—I—I—I I, <laughs> I, 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 I made, I made. Yeah, I had tacos for breakfast. So I mean, I love to eat. Um, so let me ask you something. Yeah. What makes you fighting mad? Like what? What? It, when you think about it, or you see it, or you hear it, like, what what just brings you to a rage? I mean, I you know. seem pretty mild-mannered. I mean, you're like...
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm I'm, sure. ...but I'm what gonna, makes you mad? Like, what, what inspires you and makes you go... Argh! Like, brings it out of you? What is it? Abortion. Abortion? Abortion. Really? Yes. Wow. So... Yeah. That's that I would like to know more. Like, what do you I mean? I, I understand what it is, but what is it about abortion that makes your blood, blood?
2: And I, I understand if I'm going to piss off a lot of people. do.
1: Right? I'm, I'm all for pissing people off. All right. Good. Okay. Speak your truth. This is an open forum to speak your truth. All
2: right. Now, I, I preface this by saying I'm going to take a completely secular approach to this. Um, it to be a religious matter um to be pro-life um yes i am catholic however the approach that i take to um, the life issues is secular um i used to be rabidly um pro-choice i um when i was growing up as a teenager and in high school did our sex ed classes um this was right during the early to mid 90s where um the talk of getting um permission to do an abortion without parental consent was just coming into popularity and even though i would never put myself in a situation where i would need that i was all for it it's like wow bonus if I ever needed it. The thing is, though, what we were sold was an empty bill of goods. When we were raised in understanding what abortion was, they didn't explain it, they sold it as an idea, not as a procedure. Um, And it was not until I was a sophomore or junior in college, that I found out that depending on the stage of gestation, what procedure was used and how brutal it could be. Um, I firmly believe that life begins at conception, not implantation. There's a difference. And um, everybody counts. Yes, I know that rape happens. Yes, I know that incest happens. This is a a third person that we're talking about here. And they have just as much right to be there as we do. Wow. Yeah. Um,
1: I um, I have my feelings about it, but mm-hmm. I also know that I have zero right to tell a woman what to do. Um, I have my personal beliefs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, again, I believe it's a woman's choice, but I believe that God creates miracles. I mean, I I can't even fathom what it's like for a woman who's been raped to have to make a decision, you know, to have a child and carry it out. I, I honest to God, I, I just, this is one of those subjects that for me, I kind of keep my opinion to my, myself because yeah. it's that I can't look at a woman and say, this is what you're doing. Um, you, you know, you're going, you will not do this or, you know, you should or you will. I, I can't, I can't go there. But at the same time, I respect the heck out of you for, you know, taking a stand and saying that because as a woman, that is a very controversial statement
0: that you make. Oh,
2: yes, it is. Yeah, I, I, to a certain extent, I'm kind of like the black sheep a bit. And I get that. And I.
0: You
1: have to always yeah. live the truth, no matter what it is. I mean, like, from my stance on cannabis, right. like, I, I talk about my appreciation and love for cannabis and CBD, and yet I'm a follower of Christ. Yep. And, like, I. But, and I also hang out in areas that most Christians would never go to. But guess what? That's. My job is to be the light in the world of darkness, not hang out with a bunch of light. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I, I'm supposed to go to places that maybe I, I've got my – I have to be a witness to where indeed, I need to be a witness. And if that means that I go into, you know, places that other Christians won't go, then so be it. I don't really care. I, I'm not living my life for you. And, and, and frankly, most of the judgmental jerks I've ever known in my life were all Christians. So, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, One thing I want to also include um, is, even though I'm very opinionated about the issue, it's um, in no way do I condemn the people who have had them. Um, What I do condemn is the institution um, to make it possible. I mean, you know, I I consider this contract killing. And so people who go through and have an abortion, you, you don't know 100% of the time if it's truly their choice or if they're being coerced by um, their partner right. or their parents. It, it, you know, they might, they might not have a choice. And as long as places charge money for this, it's not an equal playing field.
1: Yep. You're right. You're absolutely right. Okay, my last question for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. What is the one step you can take today or this week toward realizing your most meaningful pursuit?
2: Really, I would say, and, and I say this to myself because it's I need to get back to the habit of it. Daily scripture reading. Um, when When I would do that, I would get meaning out of reading a passage. And then, you know, let's say five years ago, if I read the same passage, it would have a different meaning. As we get older, as we compound our experiences and take it all in and then read the same scripture again, it may have more depth to it that day that you need to get through your day. Yeah. But yeah, and so I say this as both a, a, a something helpful to others as well as myself because I do need to get back to that habit desperately. <laughs>
1: it's, yeah, it's an exercise, and I've shared this before, but the, you can take this, whether with a religious statement, you can take it as a secular statement. It doesn't really matter, but the mm-hmm. fact is, yes, I cannot. I could not change my life. It was impossible. I mean, I, I had my, my faith, which I share all the time. Right. But the, the, the thing that was the most important is that I had to want to do the work to change, to build up my armor. Because it comes – I mean, I put myself out there, right? And and, and I, want, I do that because I God gave me a voice. God gave me a, a presence of sorts and to use. And I would be denying God by not doing this. But the thing that always, every time I tried to, like, okay, I'm going to change and I'm going to do this, I didn't do the work. Like, I dreaded doing the work. I dreaded reading. I dreaded reading the Bible. Like, I I didn't do my quiet time. I I didn't do devotionals. I didn't write. I didn't do any of that stuff. I didn't train my mind. I didn't listen to good things. I didn't listen to better music. I listened to pissed off music. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: and because of that, every time there was a naysayer, every time someone said, "Just go get a regular job," or someone said, every time someone told me that you're always going to be the same and you're never going to change. Every time someone said that, I believed them because I hadn't built up my armor.
2: Right. Yep.
1: I had not built up my armor, and you know what? If you're not building up your armor, that path towards your purpose is going to be derailed so fast. Like you have. Yeah. And I you have to work for it. And the thing is, it's the most rewarding work you can do. I have a total of negative $36 in my checking account right mm-hmm. now. I don't know where my next paycheck's coming from. I don't know any of this stuff. Yeah. But guess what? the thing is I feel so much peace. Enjoy about what I'm doing and what I'm I'm going for that I know that God's gonna provide. Like I believe it with all my heart, and I believe it, it no, I don't even believe it, I know it. Yep. You know it to a point that I'm willing to fight you because of it. That's a place that you can only get to by building up your army. Okay. So start do go back. You gotta start doing it, Jennifer.
2: I, I did this morning.
1: Good for you. And then yeah. do it tomorrow morning. Like, set a reminder. you got to do it every day.
2: I have, yeah, sure. do it, um, I've got it on my phone. Good. Do yeah. it. So, it's like, it's the the easy daily readings that are already pre-programmed into the um, app that I use. So, Excellent. Great.
1: So, are there any shout-outs or any last words that you would like for the audience, Miss?
2: Oh, goodness. Um, if you would like to get a hold of me um, you can reach me via email at i'll say it and then i'll spell it uh, it's um one of de- jennifer at gmail dot com that's o n e dot o f dot jennifer j e n n i f e r um at gmail dot com um, yep And, um, you can find me on Facebook. I'm pretty gregarious. (laughs) Well, you're tagged in
1: this post. So everyone's going to know how to find you now.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Um, but yeah, no, it's fun. And, um, and I'll either be seeing you or talking to you at some point, hopefully.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, I really, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you.
2: you.
1: you. Have a, a fantastic rest of your week and I'll see you soon.
2: Great. Okay. Thank you. You too. Bye guys.
1: All right, everybody. So thank you so much, Jennifer, for coming on. I hope you guys learned something. I know I did, and it's just another thing to pray about because golly, that sounds miserable, man. So you guys please check out that foundation. If you look, there's a lot of people needing a lot of things, but if your heart feels led to to go to that website and make a donation or volunteer to help, please do so. Um, this is what this is all about. I mean, we want to showcase things that, you know, if people are struggling with, or there's, you know, diseases or conditions or autoimmune disorders or any of this stuff that we don't know about, um, we want to bring light to it so we can let people know, Hey, there's a place to help. Sometimes I can tell you this. I, you know, I get private messages all the time and I'm sure you guys do too about people that like, Hey, can you help with this charity and help with this foundation? And look, but we are all called to serve others and help other people. But you need to follow your heart. So if you feel compelled, and this is a charity that you that inspires you to help and to give back, then do it. Don't ignore that. Because not every charity is for you. Not every cause is for yours to take up and fight. Because if you're not passionate about it and you don't care about it, you're going to give some half-butt effort to, to trying to change. And and you can't, it's gotta be something that's inside you. The reason I asked the question, what makes you fighting mad? What, what inspires you? Because the correlation to your purpose and the way that you can help and give back is somewhere in the middle of the thing that pisses you off and the thing that inspires you though. They work together and that creates, you know, that's, that's the way you deliver your gift. So if you were inspired by that, if you, and if you're moved by it, please donate. Um, tomorrow is going to be an amazing show. Um, I have a, one of the original cannabis activists. Um, she's from Colorado. She's going to be, oh, my gosh, it's going to be terrific. I'm so excited to have her on because she is somebody in the grassroots effort, someone that has truly done it right. It's not about stoner culture. It's not about how baked you can get. This woman is changing lives. In fact, she's really changing the world because of the grassroots efforts that she took on herself. So I'm really, really happy to have her on. Uh, Thursday, we have a great guest. Friday, we have an amazing guest. We have another one of my, we have another celebrity friend of mine that's coming on that's got a terrific TV show. She has a story that will tear your heart out, but. It will uplift you in ways that you'll be bigger than the biggest buildings after the interview. I'm telling you, I've seen her speak from stage. She made me cry. Um, it's, wow, it's going to be great. But again, Jennifer, uh, you're a godsend. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, guys, all of you. Lorna, Cecil, Lisa, Tia, Michelle, Claire, Natalie, Jennifer, Roman, Toby, Penny, Lisa, Toby, Bruce, Cindy, John, John Duffy, Tia, Marina, all of you, thank you. Karen, Carrie, thank you guys so much for watching. Please like, please share this video. Um, let's let's make this a movement. I like this interview. So I think it's fun. I love, this, I love learning about all of these people, and I really, really hope that you guys are enjoying it too. If you have somebody that you want to nominate to be a guest on the show and you want to have their story told, tag them in this video. Put their name down here because I want to interview them Because I want to showcase people that are trying to change the world. See, I'm not the only one. When I started doing this, it was about inspiring other people. The most fun I ever had with it was when we were talking to others. So now we're scheduling interviews. So tag somebody that you want on the show because I want to interview them because I want their story out. Because the more stories – here's the purpose behind this. The more amazing stories that come out, the more – stories of people that are giving back. Maybe they're doing something you didn't know. Maybe that's an area that awakens something in you and says, wait a second, this is my purpose. This is what I'm supposed to do. I want to have those guests on. So if you've got that person, tag them. Share the video. Let's spread the love. Let's change the world one person at a time. Guys, tell someone you love them today. Tell somebody that you are grateful for them. And if you have the opportunity to help someone, do it. God bless you. I love you. Thank you so much for watching. Have an awesome day. Bye-bye.
0: For garden color from the ground up, start with the ground. Vigoro colored bark mulch from the Home Depot. Now three bags for just nine bucks. It protects your plants beautifully and maintains its color for up to 12 months in shades of red, brown, or black that really set off your garden. Not to mention your spring. Bring on spring color with Vigoro colored bark mulch. Three bags, nine bucks. Now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 60 per customer. Color selection varies by store.